0: Hello, and welcome to February's edition of All Things Business, the podcast. In this month's episode, we're talking all things apprenticeships. Today we were joined by four guests, John Goodman from MK Dons, Caroline Inge from MK College, Yvette Whitcomb from Northampton College, and Kirsty Lancaster from Travis Perkins. You'll hear us talking about the emerging problem that employers are facing with the skills gap and whether apprenticeships could be the answer for this. How many people are taking up later life apprenticeships due to the pandemic? And the benefits an apprenticeship can have for your business. So, if you guys just want to start by introducing yourselves,
1: um, name, where you work, what that entails. Kirsty. Yeah, my name's Kirsty Lancaster, and I'm a projects and CI coordinator for Travis Perkins. So, I look look after continuous improvement at one of our distribution sites. I'm also doing um, an apprenticeship myself, which is the improvement practitioner level four. And Caroline?
2: Um, My name's Caroline Inge. I work for Milton Keynes College. My title is Head of Partnerships and Innovation. What that means is all forms of engagement with employers in the big wide world. Um, Latterly, I worked in apprenticeships, which is what I'm here to share with you today.
1: Lovely.
0: And
3: Yvette? Hi, I'm Yvette Whitcomb from Northampton College. Um, My official title is Business Development Executive. In short, that means that I sell the services to the local community of the local community college. Lovely. And John?
4: Hi, uh, John Goodman, Academy Manager at NK Don's Football Club. I guess my job is like being a headmaster, but with a football slant. Uh, We are responsible for players uh, aged under nines through to under 16s at schoolboy level. And then they come in and do their apprenticeship with us at U18 for two years as well
0: lovely so the title of today's podcast is why an apprenticeship Could work from your business so we're just going to be talking all things apprenticeships obviously it's apprenticeship week this week there's your topicality for you um So Kirsty, like you said, you are an apprentice. You were the winner of Apprentice of the Year um, and Emerging Talent at the Northamptonshire Logistics Awards last year and also the finalist for Apprentice of the Year at the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards.
1: Yeah, busy year. Yeah, so
0: I think it's fair to say you know a fair bit about apprenticeships.
1: Yeah, in terms of what, what it's like to do one, definitely, yeah. So was your apprenticeship everything you expected it to be or were there any surprises? Um, I think it was a surprise in the sense that I did it like during the pandemic. Um, so I was kind of expecting it to be very classroom-based when I first kind of was thinking about doing one because we kind of had a previous cohort at Travis Perkins and it was all kind of done on site. And I guess it, doing it in this new world where it's all over Zoom was um, was really quite challenging and a bit unexpected. But in terms of in terms of the content, yeah, it was exactly what I expected. And, you know, it was, I think we were really well prepared for it as well, like the sort of commitment that it would like require. That was all kind of explained to us really well. Okay,
0: so you're saying Zoom was presented a bit of a challenge with your apprenticeship. John, did you find that with um, your boys? Did you find that you had to introduce Zoom or anything like that? Complicated what you'd normally be doing for them? Oh,
4: absolutely. Our our programme is uh, say nine hours college work and 30 odd hours football on on any given week. So when lockdown hit, we were unable to deliver a a coaching programme for a number of months. But of course we still had some responsibilities around players coming to the end of their second year apprenticeship with us. Um, The college were fantastic. Straight away they they picked up and enabled the the BTEC programme to continue through online learning. And then us as staff had to learn a whole new skill set around how to engage with our players, give them some home learning possibly, uh, if they're able to find a, a public space and, and and train still, maintain fitness. Um, so yeah, it was unique times really, uh, and made us all quite resourceful about uh, other tools available to us.
3: Yvette, did you find that you were having to offer different services? Yeah, the whole college had to go to a blended program. So a lot of remote work, a lot of Teams, Microsoft Teams. Um, it made it very challenging for those learners that need that face-to-face and find it um, the motivation that they need themselves to do that work. So the challenge was there for t- definitely for the teachers. So obviously Zoom pre- presented
0: a lot of challenges for people, but do you think there was an element of it being beneficial to apprenticeships, the pan- just the pandemic in general? Do you think that was beneficial because I mean British Gas released some um, research today actually funnily enough saying that the pandemic has actually brought on a lot of later life apprenticeships people are having to reevaluate their careers because of the negative effects of the pandemic do you think that apprenticeships were sort of a saving grace in this
2: Caroline I think people were put on furlough Someone made redundant, particularly in hospitality. And those people have reevaluated what they're doing. And they might have been in that career just because that's what they, they did. And then the pandemic hit. They had some time. They went, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be somebody in the healthcare. I want to be somebody who's got to develop their digital skills. So the age profile um, has become older, which is a real positive thing. Um, and career changes are really good. That equally can bring some challenges to providers like ourselves at Northampton College in adapting delivery, because if it's very the 16 plus focus up to 24, which are young apprentices, and then you get post-24 and mature apprentices, it's different. But in a teaching environment, the dynamics of those different age groups are really
3: healthy. It makes for an interesting environment to teach in.
0: Would you agree with that?
3: Definitely. I mean, we have seen an older, older, more mature age group coming to the table um, and, and the dynamic in a classroom because they are able to um, engage with those young people and those young people do actually start listening, which is quite nice.
0: I can imagine. So with age comes wisdom and a developed set of skills. So if people are doing these later life apprenticeships, Surely that can only be beneficial to businesses
3: that are taking on these older apprentices yeah those transferable skills that they're bringing in are what's are, are, are what's the benefits of, of someone having an apprentice of a more mature age so John
0: um, football isn't what first comes to mind when you think of an apprenticeship um do you think that stereotypes of what an apprenticeship is can affect the uptake of them
4: um well, for, in a football uh, program, apprenticeships are a necessity in terms of the transfer from a player being a, an under 16 or f- finishing their GCSEs and coming into a full-time program being a football club. So, uh, you know, there's, there's been a bit of a, a shift in the approach for football clubs on that apprenticeship and what it what it looks like. It's called a sporting excellence professional now, and that's unique to professional football. We'll still do a BTEC alongside that. but definitely the skills and, and the learnings that the players will do will be more attuned to the football industry. So they'll learn you know, uh, in a more vocational way, how the coaching syllabus is joined up, if they're injured, what the rehabilitation programs look like. So um, in some ways, that, that, that's a strength for the program because they really are becoming apprentices in football. However, we also know the, that not many ultimately end up becoming professional footballers. But I guess what, what we're hoping to demonstrate is that they, they've got the capacity to learn. And if they get great BTECs uh, and get a, a good award in their in Sporting Excellent Professional, a number of our players have gone on to university or scholarships in American University as well. So um, it's, it's always evolving and, and, and us as staff have to you know, ensure that we give uh, the education as much priority as, as required.
3: If that, I could see you nodding. Yeah, I was just going to agree. I think the introduction of standards has helped mm. immensely because standards are role job specific. They're not quite as, I don't like to use the word woolly, but the frameworks were, whereas standards now, and they are giving a more professional uh, a badge to these apprenticeships and that age old, well, if you're going to be an apprentice, then you've got to be a hands-on, you're either in construction or you're an engineer, you know, we've got, you know, level four, you're, I'm sure you'll go on to level five and level six, potentially in the lean. Um, so that perception has definitely changed in answer to your question.
0: So, Caroline, I had a little bit of a stalk of your LinkedIn. I was trying to get to know you (laughs) all. And one of the things that I saw on your um, bio was the quote, work should be enjoyable, not necessarily easy, not a laugh a minute, but overall worth the effort of getting up for. Yes. Would you say that apprenticeships have the potential to reflect and teach this ethic?
2: Absolutely. It's embedded into behaviours. There's um, Knowledge, skills and behaviours are the bedrock of apprenticeships. And the behaviours piece, it is. Some of our apprentices, they start and they are on their phones all the time. They're not as punctual as we'd like them to be. They don't have the body language and know how to have a conversation in the way that we are now. And we do have to teach them that. And they should enjoy it. Some of it, no. some of it's jolly hard slog. I mean, I'm sure for you, some of your people it's like really do I have to do this piece I would rather be kicking a football and and for you there'll be elements of what you do it's just like oh this is dull but actually overall there the apprenticeship should be fun it should be enjoyable it should challenge you and if it isn't challenging you then the provider should be finding something that is constantly pushing you and just making you better it should be adapted to who you are but gosh, yes, you should come out of that apprenticeship and be jolly proud, like you are, jolly proud of what you've done. And the employers should be jolly proud as well, because you've been on that journey. And and if the employers are doing their bit right, providers like ourselves are doing our bit right and apprentices are doing their bit, it should be just a really good successful way of taking
1: people through.
0: Do you agree with what Caroline's saying? Have you found that in your apprenticeship?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that probably a couple of years ago if there was there was like the opportunity to any sort of presentation or public speaking I would do anything to try and get out of it. It was so nerve-wracking, but I think that doing your apprenticeship and knowing that you have that criteria to meet that you know you you do have to be great at communication because it's one of the behaviors criteria, it means that you throw yourself into things a bit more because you know you've got to do it. And then you kind of start to realise it's not actually that bad. It's not as scary as you thought it was going to be. And without doing the apprenticeship, I probably wouldn't have had like a really good reason for actually tackling that fear. So yeah, I completely agree.
0: Yeah. Um, So what would you say to those people who feel that apprenticeships can be restrictive? So obviously you do an engineering apprenticeship, you pick up engineering skills, but then you change your mind decide you want to be uh, I don't I know so. yeah exactly exactly yeah I mean I did that my degree is not in digital marketing my degree is in journalism and I was lucky enough that though they were those transferable skills but sometimes I do think back and think why did I do four years of a degree when I don't even need it but with an apprenticeship it's I, like from the outside looking in I would say the skills might be even more restrictive but then that could just be my lay, underst- lay person's understanding of apprenticeships. What would you say?
2: I, young people, and I know we've been talking about older people, but, but young people, they leave school at 16. The vast majority don't really know what they want to do. They know they don't want to be in formal education. They don't want to go to sixth form. They're not quite sure what they want to do. So perhaps college isn't necessarily where they want to go. And someone suggested an apprenticeship. And we do um, customer service level two and business admin level three, which are great steps into work apprenticeship routes. And if someone's not sure, you can do a customer service apprenticeship in any industry. And a lot of companies we work with will use it as a talent scouting opportunity. So they'll have a number of people doing customer service level two. It's by the time you finished it, about an 18-month program, slightly shorter than that, then the employer has got to know that young person or that person and they've seen that actually they could be amazing in your section of the business or they could be amazing in a completely different area of the business where they're doing something perhaps, if you take, um, it could be logistics. It could just be on the logistics desk doing customer service and then the business have said, actually, you've got some great skills here but people services, HR might be a route for you. Or why can't you think about becoming a driver for us? So it's a step into a business and then it could take you anywhere. Engineering is the same. If you can do engineering and some of the more digital skills, employers will see who you are and how you think. And then they'll go, oh, that's really good. Okay, so you understand all this. Perhaps you can go into research and development. Perhaps you could do something that will use that technical understanding and that technical mindset. So, no, I don't think any apprenticeship is, that's your ceiling or that's your pigeonhole. It is about, it allows you then to go, okay, that's good. I've got that qualification. What's next? Where can I go? Am I happy here? If I'm happy here, fab. If you're not, it's like, okay, what else? Love the company. What's my next challenge?
0: Okay, so if anything, you would say it's probably a good stepping stone for people who aren't sure what they want to do and oh, don't see. want to go straight into a job. Well, no,
2: you are in a job.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that's decision making that you at 16 you generally don't have. Yeah. Very rarely we have someone that is definite about what they want to do. I mean, we have property maintenance, so that's a multi-skilled. Mm-hmm. So I've been talking to a lot of young people in recent weeks. I want to be an electrician or I want to be a bricklayer. Have you ever been on a building site? Well, no. Okay, so how can you make an informed decision about what you want to do? So we offer things like the multi-skills, which gives them an opportunity to taste each one of those sectors. and Then they can make an informed decision. And, you know, going in at customer service gives them that information to make an informed decision. Yes, I want to go there or yes, I want to go there. So all of those core skills that are now in these standards, which is, you know, again, they're really much better, aren't they? Oh, the the quality. The, the standards have a quality stamp. You have to
2: pass endpoint assessment. You have to pass a test at the end of it. Before, with the old style frameworks, it was just oh, someone's decided you can do it. Well, actually, perhaps you can't, and you shouldn't have been
3: awarded the apprenticeship if you like. So, completely agree with you. And then. Because the employer is so, so more involved in that endpoint assessment, we can't get them to that point unless the employer agrees. So the question about, is that apprenticeship bringing value to my business? Yes, it is, because you're an integral part of that decision making that, yes, they're qualified and yes, they're competent. So you wouldn't say that unless there was a value being placed into your business.
4: Yeah. Sorry, Abby, i just, could I just jump in because I forget. Because uh, we have a different challenge to you guys around. We have 16-year-old kids that absolutely do know what they want to do and they want to be a professional footballer. So the the counter-challenge we have is that it ain't always the best opportunity for each of them kids because they may get through an apprentice apprenticeship in being a footballer but not become a footballer still. You know, So it's a little bit, it's a, a far smaller industry in terms of the, the numbers that can Actually, go and have a career in the game. So I guess our, where we try to uh, work with the players closely is that absolutely they know what they want to do, but what is the, the plan B if if plan A doesn't work? You know, so um, sometimes we'll make a decision in terms of not offering a scholarship or an apprenticeship to a player as a as, who's going through the GCSEs because actually the odds are they're not going to be a professional footballer. Um, and we may be limiting other opportunities they may have elsewhere. Uh, and that's a difficult conversation because that, that kid generally believes that they can go on and, and be incredibly successful. So that, that's always a, a judgment call. Um, but also we've got some very bright kids. Uh, I mentioned Lewis Johnson, who uh, won Apprentice of the Year last year within uh, football, within the, within the LFE, who got amazing GCSE grades. He has got professional football contract already. He's working towards endpoint end point assessment as, as a second year now. But probably if he doesn't have a a long career, could have a very successful uh, opportunity in business elsewhere. So you're trying to make or enable the players to be as employable as possible. And I think that's where we're learning about, yes, it's an apprenticeship in in football, but the skills are very transferable. And if you have the same level of dedication and application, then you might, like I saw one of our ex-players who was at Loughborough University currently doing a foundation degree to jump across into sports marketing. You know, so again, the apprenticeship, without that apprenticeship, he probably would be further down uh, th- th- his journey, you know. So I think we've got different challenges, but hopefully we're going to end up in a similar place in terms of the skills that are presentable when, when, the, when the guys finish.
0: The Medigold Health Group is one of the UK's most trusted occupational health and wellbeing providers, helping businesses to keep their people in work safe and well for over two decades delivering services including absence management, employee screening, and mental health and wellbeing programmes to more than 2,500 clients looking after 3 million individual employees. Twice winners of the Big Business of the Year Award at the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards, Medigold Health are redefining corporate healthcare through their commitment to clinical quality and technological innovation and supporting businesses of all sizes to succeed in achieving their workplace wellbeing goals. (music) Estee, would you say that you've sort of built up that journey like John's talking about in terms of your skills and feeling like you have those transferable skills if you did want to move careers and...
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really strange actually, because I almost took a role where someone was taking a bit of a punt on me where I didn't necessarily have all the experience that like I didn't tick every single box because the role that I do is like around continuous improvement and projects and before that, I was an administrator and it was, the apprenticeship was like a good way for them to think, okay, she ticks so many boxes, but can we put her through the apprenticeship, see how she gets on. And it's actually really worked out because we're running like 30 different continuous improvement projects on site. And the way that it kind of works is that we've got, they're all colleague led, but I'm kind of coaching them. And that was something that I probably wouldn't have been able to do. So it's almost, it's been done in a different order. It's not like I'm doing an apprenticeship and I'm like stepping into something new off the back of that. It was me instead stepping into a role where someone's kind of taking a chance on me, but then also like giving me the opportunity to really be successful at it. So that's what my apprenticeship's done for me. Do you think
0: you ever would have thought about any other route other than an apprenticeship? Did you ever consider going to uni or?
1: I did go to uni. Um, I did a theology degree at Durham and I was a teacher for a bit at first. So I've actually had a couple of career changes, um, but that's the thing. The apprenticeships give you the flexibility to reevaluate, as we said, you know, what, what is it that I want to do? Um, because but when you leave school and you're applying for uni, you kind of think like, oh, okay, this is what I think I want to do. But then the reality of working at a school, it only took a year and I thought, you know what, I don't think this is for me. And what else can you do with, with like a theology degree other than become like a priest or something? So so yeah, it, it, it was a good opportunity for me to actually um, not feel panicked in that situation and to think, you know what, I, I can do something else.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're not the same person when you're 18 as when you're 22. No. There's a big <laughs> personality change and, I think to begin, for example, a degree when you're 18 and come out of it when you're 22, it's like you say, you're not going to be wanting the same things out of life. Do you find that with a lot with anyone you speak to that is seeking to do an apprenticeship?
3: Yeah, because we were talking about a young person earlier who started their apprenticeship journey a few years ago, didn't really pay attention, um, didn't listen, so on and so forth, left the apprenticeship programme, has come back, now he's 25, and realised... If he'd have listened and and paid attention, his whole life could have been a lot different. Um, But I think a lot of it will go down to choice. The employer making the right choice, the learner making the right choice. And and the standards help us with that. Again, Mm -hmm. going back to the standards, what programme should they be on? It's all about advice and guidance at the beginning for both parties. So we put the right right bum on the right seat. Mm That's a fair
0: comment. I mean, talking about employers, I mean, we've spoken a lot about the apprenticeships perspective. What does an apprentice bring to the table to an employer for employers who are thinking,
3: why, why should I take an apprentice on? Well, a lot of young people now, especially if they're at college, you know, picking up new good practice. An employer, may, we may have a, a painter who he's never trained formally and he might have some very bad habits the young person will bring back good practice, um, health and safety, as an example, you know, just simple things like that. So they will bring value and new techniques as well. New
0: techniques, okay. Yeah. Do you know any examples you think the There's
3: um, a very pretty glittery paint out at the moment, but they also spray a lot now. So the, mm-hmm. the brush technique is still there. But a lot of what goes on not on sites and in business, sorry, in domestic dwellings now, they're they're spraying. It's a whole new skill set. So possibly the employer isn't have to invest in isn't
0: having to invest in that training for the rest of their employees because they can use their apprenticeship apprentices. to impart that new knowledge. Okay, Caroline.
2: I've had employers come to me; they haven't had apprentices for years, and when they did last, it was not the best experience. And they have an aging workforce and a workforce who are very set in how they do things. Um, and they've come and said, we'd like an apprentice. And we go, okay, let, let, let's just make sure this is the right environment for everybody. And they've brought certain members of their team, the more sort of challenging, why do we need a young person style approach. We've walked them around the college and they've sort of bought into us as an organization. They've, taken, they've been part of taking on the young person. The young person's been there for a few months. And the culture within the business is suddenly opened up from a very, we are traditional, we do it this way, we do this, this, this. Suddenly there's this new young person in who almost is adopted by their colleagues in the right way um, and nurtured. And suddenly the culture in the business moves much more to where it can move forward. It's almost it was stayed in the nineteen seventies. That's how we've always done it. And now this young person's come on board and they've gone, oh actually, perhaps we could look at doing things a little bit differently. And perhaps we should be more open. And I also find a lot um, of companies wanting to improve their diversity. Mm. They will have underrepresented groups within their workforce and they're acknowledging the fact that having a nice, wide, diverse workforce is really healthy and it, and it's what they should be doing. And apprentices are a
3: way in which they can introduce that diversity. Okay. It's also, sorry to interrupt you, but it's also a way of bringing, like you, you're now coaching other people. Um, and those young people can be used as personal development for other members of staff in the business, as well as, and I'm sure you'll agree, that ageing workforce, the, the succession planning, they actually would love to pass on their skills, um, but it's finding that right young person to fit that business. And that is pr- probably one of the big, biggest key issues when you're searching for a young person or even more mature person, actually. It's that chemistry, isn't it? And you'll have the same in your yeah, team.
4: It, yeah, it, it, in a different way. It's, I think for us as a football club, um, Obviously, it's still a young football club in terms of having relocated to Milton Keynes, and the owner uh, Pete Winkleman, he um, very much uh, works closely with the council and you know and the Milton Keynes as a as an emerging city, I guess, to demonstrate opportunity. And so the, the the football club and all football clubs do the same. They take enormous pride in players that they've developed themselves. You know, so it creates a better engagement with their fans. So there is a a, a benefit there, and you know. The, Peter has been very much uh, about giving opportunity to the young players to get into the first team squad and, and have careers. So, um, you know, th- there is definitely a benefit as an employer in terms of demonstrating that you know, we're, you know, we're embedded in the community. And I guess around some of the staff we're now recruiting um, on a broader scale, uh, one of our ground staff uh, has come in as an apprentice. And, you know, he's, he's absolutely been a breath of fresh air in terms of groundsmen can be quite... Uh, challenging at times in terms of they don't want you going on the grass because <laughs> they've got more work to do, you know. But this, this guy who's, who's joined us, um, you know, he's a breath of fresh air and he's, you know, he really enjoys connecting with our players as well because he's of that age as well. So, um, uh, yeah, it, although it's not so obvious maybe in terms of that, that employee benefit from a football club perspective, definitely having, you know, you know, homegrown players in your first team squad or around your first team squad is a demonstration to the fans that, you know, we are a local club.
0: I love that perspective on apprenticeships, being part of a community. Mm. What would you say to an employer that's considering taking on doing an apprenticeship, having been an apprentice yourself?
1: Well, it's something that I kind of speak about quite a lot in my role because I don't just look after projects. I actually am um, a diversity and inclusion ambassador. So I look after D&I for the whole of the distribution site. And it's trying to get the managers on board and see that different perspective. And one of our D&I areas is, is youth so under 25s. So it's trying to, it's, it's not just management either, it's the whole 300 people that we have working at the site to get them to understand that actually, we probably could do with some different perspectives and it's probably no secret that there is a stereotype for someone who works at Travis Perkins, you know? They're a bit older, they're male, Um, And I think that just having these conversations and putting people through apprenticeships and actually taking chances on younger people in the team and seeing, you know, all of the benefits that is yielding for us, it's it's having a really, really positive effect.
0: Okay, interesting. So obviously, pandemic aside, things have changed a lot over the years. Um, Things have evolved, technologies have evolved, and there is the inclination that it's developed what we call a skills gap, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. The fact that employers are struggling to hire the appropriately skilled employees. Do you think that apprenticeships are the one-stop answer to solving this
3: problem, Yvette? No, I don't think you could ever say that anything's a one-stop shop. It's a, it's a collaborative journey for everybody because if the, we are asking employers, what do you want? Too many times colleges and universities tell the community what we're going to deliver, whereas now it's a two-way conversation. So no, it's not ever going to fully address the skills gap, but it needs to be conversations between the community and the local college stroke university.
0: Caroline, you're agreeing with
3: that? Uh, ab-
2: absolutely. Apprenticeships will go some way towards that. Um, there's a part that schools need to play and getting the young people with some of those softer skills. Schools are great at what they do, but employers constantly say to me, they haven't got these softer skills that are critically important for them just to be integrated into the business. And as an FE college, we are always going to be behind the curve. We we have to meet the requirements of the courses that we teach. Um, and the latest technologies, particularly in some sectors, are just evolving so fast, we will never be able to be at the spearhead of that. We will always be behind. So employer employers almost telling us what we need to be teaching is critically important for the whole skills gap. Because if we understand, it's not necessarily that we can deliver it, but we can sort of take the one step back and go, OK, those are the skills that you need, these are the ones so we get them to that point where they can embrace the new skills that you're looking for and that can be really basic in terms of everything is digital now absolutely everything and I say the dreaded term AI artificial intelligence and everybody goes oh what's that and I was a bit like that um but then you look at predictor text and it tells you what you ought to be saying next that's AI um and I suppose a lot of what we're doing, and I'm sure Northampton are doing as well, is getting employers ready to embrace digital and a uh, digital and what that looks like. So that when we go, oh, well, we're going to do this AI course, they go, OK, I understand what that is. Of course, I'll come along. And it just helps all of their their staff be ready to embrace the next thing that's coming through.
0: Okay, so here at All Things Business, we have a saying: it's education needs business, and business needs education. Is that essentially what you're saying? It's that collaboration between the two.
3: Absolutely, that
0: will build the success.
3: Yeah. We've we've um, got a new digital academy at the college because we've had to listen to the digitalisation that's going on in the community and the businesses. In order, it's not just about gaming; it's it's the, the raft of uh, of the sector is just. It's quite mind-blowing what they're actually doing in there. I certainly don't understand half. Data that. analyst is a really... That can look like
2: it's as dull as dishwater on paper. I, I've had somebody explain to me a bit more about it. It's really exciting stuff, really... And really beneficial to businesses. And I'm, I'm sure with your um, apprentices and, and with what you do, data...
4: We're awash with data, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's the interpretation of it that is... The, the, the challenge at times for us because, like, as you say, football is a very, I guess, subjective sport, and we all form opinions on players uh, based on, uh, I guess, experiences. And so, but of course, particularly with the younger players, when you're making a decision to release or to offer a professional contract, you need to have some level of evidence around that. And so, there is stuff like GPS data, which which tracks uh, physical performances, there's maturation data that can maybe give you an idea as to whether it is person's particularly fully matured or a late developer Um, and of course off the back of football growing as a sport the amount of uh, jobs there are now within the game around performance analysis sports science uh, nutrition etc you know the, the, the game has grown and there is a lot more I guess you know capture of data and an interpretation of it yeah
3: and
2: just moving on the data analysis thing you wouldn't take a 16 year old and go oh let's be a data analyst shall we they'll just think really but someone like yourself, who's had a career beforehand, and then moved into something, and all of a sudden, you can go, "Oh, actually, this is quite exciting and quite interesting." But it's letting employers understand that their business needs that, and the value it brings. And so you've said the analysis piece, for you understanding sort of perhaps patterns and things like that, and yeah. then rectifying those patterns. Data analyst gives you that, and I think our job, my job, is about letting employers. Interpreting what employers think they need, tell us what they need, and then giving them some of the solutions, which sometimes they'll go. Mm, did you think? Yeah, just bear with us.
0: So there's an element of trust there. You're telling them what they need and guiding. We don't try not
2: <laughs> I don't to tell. tell anybody. No, no. It, it, it's guidance and showing them what that is, and then allowing them again. You say
3: earlier. This fresh eyes, isn't it? You know, we look at things in a different way to the way that they are. I mean, if we went into your uh, business, uh, my brain would be going off like a butterfly with different ideas. Not necessarily all viable, but still it is fresh eyes.
2: That's it. That's all. We don't, you can't tell. We don't know the businesses in that detail. We can just make thoughts and suggestions.
4: I think just as a parent, sorry, because both my kids are in apprenticeships as well. And my daughter uh, in particular, she had a little bit of a, a loss of way, I guess, doing A-levels and she's a very creative person and really struggled with uh, her A-level study and then for maybe two or three years bounced around various jobs without really um, having a clear direction of where she's going. My son is in apprenticeship literally from uh, finishing his A-levels uh, and, and doing surveying. Whereas, you know as a, as a as a dad and as a parent with a great respect my daughter, I was concerned she was she was not very employable because some of her skills were not um, would not lend themselves to the job she was going for so she's landed on a digital marketing uh, apprenticeship actually and it's the perfect fit for her because you know she's going to gain some confidence the employer is is a very you know reputable firm uh, and while she's still recognized she's going to go on a journey, I think it's given me some confidence around okay she's landed in the right spot now you know so yeah as, as, as an aside really but as, as, as a parent I think you know the, the employability that an apprenticeship brings is, is key as well.
0: Interesting so Kirsty having done your apprenticeship are there any sort of preconcepted stereotypes that you would like to just put out there that are not accurate at all?
1: Um, I think the only thing that I was worried about was a little bit of what we discussed earlier in terms of it, you know, being younger people and people that are kind of a bit more hands-on because like none of those descriptions really, really fit me. And I thought, oh no, I'm going to probably be the oldest person that's on the course. And when I actually got on there, there were, it was so diverse. There were people that were like in their fifties that were on the course and anything from you know, um, like an administrator to a director. And I think that I really did have that preconception that I was going to stick out like a sore thumb, but I guess it's just not being worried that that you're not going to fit in because so many people now are really tapping into this and seeing what apprenticeships can actually do for them, you know, professionally as an individual, but also what it can do for their company as well. So just, I guess, not to let that kind of traditional apprentice stereotype to really like settle in, because it's it's not the case at all.
3: And that goes back to the schools a lot of the time, you know, with respect to the, the great job that they do. Um, we need more exposure, and they are doing that now. That's getting much much better. So the young people are saying it's not just about hands on, and it's not just for a young person. It's that diverse community that can be plugged into it. And I suppose Apprenticeship Week goes some way towards doing that. Well, they've been doing it for 15 years now, so I think the message is finally getting out there, yes.
2: Good, I'm glad. I think, actually, the um, double whammy of COVID and Brexit and the fact that there aren't the skilled people that would have been in the marketplace looking for employment um, 2018, say, that's had a big impact in showing that apprenticeships are a viable option in terms of training and upskilling people who are either currently in your workplace or to bring in new people who you wouldn't necessarily have to have considered in 2018 when you were awash with applications. Now I have so many employers going, we can't find anybody. Mm. Okay, perhaps apprenticeships is the right route for you. Look at it differently, approach it in a different
3: way. But on that note, it's what the eighth of February, mm. and since the beginning of January, I've now I've probably got about twenty five people on the class lists across the sectors. Already, not even the end of February, and the September classes are starting to fill up.
2: Yeah. We've got that. I, I we like you will do roll on roll off programs, but some of them are have fixed entry points. One of which um, for us is engineering, which is September, and I've already got a considerable number of employers wanting and actually advertising now so it's really buoyant
3: really positive then Mm, very much so
2: we all want the bare necessities of life to have a place we can call home to have a family that's happy and united to have protection for your loved ones to have a good job where you're valued but life is full of ups and downs. And sometimes we all need a bit of friendly legal expertise to smooth things out. Visit our website to find out more. Wilson Brown Solicitors, we're all the help you need. That's all we've got time for
0: today on February's edition of All Things Business, the podcast. Thank you to our guests for talking to us about why an apprenticeship could work for your business. Join us next month where I'll be joined by a selection of guests to celebrate International Women's Day.